What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. My name is Colin Slager, along with me, Tim Allersmeyer. We got a uh, pretty exciting episode for you. Uh, In today's, we talk about uh, delivery, uh, in particular with your communication, and we get specific with workplace communication uh, via email, phone, and in person. Uh, We get really deep in the in-person communication styles in this one as well. Uh, then we get into some some good book talk. Uh, don't sweat the small stuff. I'm still cruising right along. Uh, lowering your tolerance to stress is what we get into there. And then we uh, talk about how you do things. So we always uh, make sure you have a why you do something, but how are you doing them as well? Uh, and then Tim, what uh, what kind of paths do you take us down here? Yeah. So a lot of times throughout our day. Uh, we may feel stressed, and we always ask ourselves, what is causing this stress? Why am I feeling off? Uh, we're going to get into three questions that you can ask yourself the next time you feel stressed. We'll talk about those three things and how important they are to incorporate into your day uh, to make sure that you keep your stress down low. We also get into it, uh, some book talk, uh, The Like Switch by Jack Schaefer. Uh, we talk about four rules that you can incorporate uh, into your conversation to increase your likability and increase your experience with the person you're talking to. Uh, because... We have a lot of conversations each day, um, but if you, if you change your, your, your viewpoint and, and frame them in a different way and put a little more importance into them, uh, you'd be surprised at how well your interactions will go that day. Yeah, don't be a meanie. Yeah, be nice. Play don't be nice. a meanie joke face. Play nice. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, we're now on SoundCloud, so check us out there. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we're always looking for feedback. We appreciate everything you guys have to say. We want to make it better for you guys. We're doing this because of you. So we want to hear what you think. Uh, leave us a review. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Episode 29. <laughs> watching this sports show today and they were talking about the story of this guy in New York who got last in his fantasy football league and so the loser of this league they have two options they can either pay the winner 250 or the more intriguing option cover themselves in peanut butter put only a speedo on and go to a dog park for two hours in New York City what I'd do you think? Is, is that a league you would want to join? I'd pay the 250. Oh, you'd do the 250. Well, guess what he ended up doing? Not the 250. <laughs> Jeez, what happened? Well, he went to the, I mean, the, we can post the video on, on our uh, social medias later, but he went to the dog park, and as soon as he got there, the, the, there were like six or seven dogs that just came up to him like he was Jesus Christ, and they were just like sniffing him. Well, and, of course they did. <laughs> he was and, their guiding savior he's lathered in peanut butter what mm-hmm. more do they need like they asked him they're like are you gonna play fantasy football again next year and he said not with those guys <laughs> <laughs> dude that sucks i would honestly just for the story and just for the <laughs> just to say you did it i would probably i would probably do for that it. you think 
No, because you're not nude. I mean, you're in a speedo. If, if it was nude, I would definitely say no. Oh yeah, for sure. Then but I think arrested. if he's a, spe- and then people, you can just tell people, oh, it's a. Like, could you still get like public indecency? No, because you can just tell the cops, oh, peanut butter helps me. Uh, it helps me helps motivate me when I run because when I, when I feel tired, I just lick my arm <laughs> and just eat peanut butter because it's my favorite thing. <laughs> you are so full of shit. Yeah, I'm just thinking. <laughs> they would buy that, right? Yeah, you know. Uh, officer, now listen. Here's the deal. One, it's good for my skin. Two, it motivates me when I run. And it gets me further. See, when I get tired, I don't need anything. I have everything I need on my body. Yeah. I just lick myself. And when it's gone, I'm done running. Simple as that. What more do you need? It's a motivator, yeah. I jump in the lake. I already got my swim trunks on, sir. I feel like if you put crunchy peanut butter, it would just be uncomfortable at that point. You gotta put the creamy on. <laughs> well, yeah. Is like lotion ever chunky? No. <laughs> yeah. So I actually saw that before I came here. I just had to share real quick. That's awesome. Uh, well, everybody, we appreciate you joining us today. Hope you enjoyed that <laughs> quick little excerpt. Well, I, there's I more en- where that came from. I enjoyed that. Yeah, we're gonna talk a lot of, about a lot of good stuff today. Uh, a lot of peanut butter licking. Mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I wanna I wanna start out by something uh, I realized this week. Uh, I want to get into three things that, or three questions that you should ask yourself <clears throat> when you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed. Ooh, because Timmy, you doing okay, baby? Feel a little oh, I'm good. Stressed? I'm no. Well, on Sunday afternoon, I, I was. I don't normally feel stressed on Sundays. But like you got the scariest kind of stress? No, or what? it wasn't scary. It just felt like I, I hadn't been productive, and I just wasn't not, not productive, not most productive. I didn't think I was as productive as I could have been this weekend, and my, I, my body just didn't feel like top energized. I just didn't feel on point. I didn't feel 100%. Hmm. Usually on Sunday afternoon, I feel like I'm ready to go for the week, but this Sunday I was at like 70%. I was going to so, say, because we, we recorded Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Had a banging breakfast. Yeah, that always gets my Sundays right as rain. Mm-hmm. Like after that, I'm I'm cold. Yeah, no, but this was a different Sunday because I just didn't feel like I was, I was as like mentally prepared for the week because we definitely had a productive weekend podcast wise. But yeah. heading into like the work week and just my energy level, it wasn't where it should have been. Hmm. And so it made me realize I hadn't worked out in three days. <laughs> Did you do any? less or more of anything else other than that no i just hadn't been into so there's there's, sleep diet there's something about the gym that puts me into a certain mindset when i leave the gym i'm at 100 percent every single time yeah and then it reminds me i think whenever anybody's feeling that when they're when they don't feel 100 percent, where they feel overwhelmed or stressed like i did Mm -hmm. i think there's three questions that they should ask themselves hit me three simple questions a did i get enough sleep B, did I get enough exercise? In my case, it wasn't. Or C, am I eating healthy food right now? Am I eating right? And for me, I think it was a combination of exercise and healthy eating. But I realized one of those was definitely off, and it was exercise. I hadn't really gotten a lot of exercise this weekend. And so I I decided to act on it. I went to the gym, and I left, and I was 100%. I just think that's an important lesson for people to take. Because normally, I would say for most of what you're feeling, I don't know if you can attest to that, 
one of those things is going to be off when you're feeling overwhelmed with stress. Oh yeah. And you got and it's important focus on attacking one at a time because we can always improve each of those three areas. But for me, it was exercise. I was like, I need to get my ass to the gym right now. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't make it this week. I need to have a good, not just go to the gym. I need to have a productive workout and just be appreciative of the opportunity that I have to go to the gym and just be thankful because I'm grateful whenever I step in there because it's like I have a place where I can go. Going back to the gratitude thing that we talked about a couple episodes back, I have a place I can go where I can just get in the perfect healthy mindset. I think asking those three questions is, is important. And I don't know if you see any one of those areas yourself where you feel like you can improve upon lately, but what do you think about those oh, three? Absolutely. But I, one thing um, I want to go back to is like, even if you're feeling off um, and if you still make it to the gym, like if you're just still like, man, I'm here, but I'm off, like do the things you feel like doing. Mm-hmm. Even if, if you don't think it's like as quote unquote productive, but it's like if you go and do what you're feeling, that's kind of just an intuitive thing you're doing. And you don't even realize. Just do what you feel you want to do. Mm-hmm. If it's just walk on the treadmill and stretch and be in and out in like 30, 35 minutes, do that. If you're like, man, I kind of feel like maybe doing some arms, some calves, you know, do the show, the show muscles, whatever. I don't know. Or if you're like, I think I'll do five sets of squats and call it a day. Do that. Like, if you're not feeling something, don't do it. You're going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to hate being there. And yep. you're going to leave feeling worse. If you at least do something and the things you want to do. Like, some days, like, I want to move a little weight here and there. Uh, not do too much. Uh, did some extra mobility, some stretching, some things like that. And then hit the sauna for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of times, I'm usually at like 20. Because it's in the early morning and it's like... You know, I'm still, every once in a while, I still struggle on getting there when I know I need to be there. So sometimes it kind of cuts into my sauna time. But did a nice long, just easy sauna and wasn't rushed with anything. Just did everything I wanted to do. Felt great. Like, might not have been the most uh, power I put into a workout or the most, like, energy and focus. But, like, I think I even, like, walked on the treadmill for, like, 10 minutes. Trying to do like a little cardio, like once twice a week, get that back. And uh, yeah, so even if you just do whatever you feel and leave, you'll leave feeling better. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So whether it's like, oh man, it's not like my best workout, no, but you still got there and you felt funky and out of it, and you've been out of your rhythm. So the only way to get back into it is to go right back into it. Yeah. And it's hard to do sometimes, but it's like. Just start small, though. Yeah, start with what you want to do and what you feel like doing. Yeah. Do that. That's something. Right. For That's people listening, that can mean literally anything. Yeah. Like, exercise can mean going and walking outside on the sidewalk or walking your dog for 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, exercise to us means could mean something different to someone else. Yeah. Sleep. Take a take a 25-minute power nap. Take the stairs or the elevator. Yeah, exactly. Or, like sit just meditate close your eyes for 15 minutes that, mm-hmm. I mean you can group that in with sleep meditation whatever and healthy food all it takes is one just ha- healthy meal that you put effort into either to go get the supplies for buy make just appreciate like it's one small step that takes like, a couple minutes it can yeah. change the course of your day like it did for me and, and back to you asking uh, about me personally on these so it's interesting uh, 
Last night I got more sleep than the night before. My health eating is about the same both days. I didn't work out this morning before work because I knew we were going to be recording late. So I didn't want to have like a 5.30 to or 6 until maybe 9.30 or 10 when I got home. That's just extra long. Mm-hmm. But I felt a little more tired today. And yesterday, I had a little less sleep the night before, but I got up and worked out. I felt good. Mm-hmm. felt real good. So, you know, if I mix all those three together, I'll probably feel like fucking Superman. You know? Yeah. Not, like, actually fucking, but, you know, I will feel like Superman. The Superman version of yourself. Right. 100%. There we go. Yeah. It's amazing. I... It's, there's so many things that you can do to improve your life. When you narrow it down to those three, it's just so simple. But they're hard, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I still need to work on my sleep. That is something I have to actively, like, work on. Actively I sleep. I don't Think know, about I that don't term. Know, I don't know why. But, no, I mean, like, getting enough of it. Mm-hmm. I don't get enough of it. Like, before you know it, I'm up too late and this and that. And then it's like, I'll do this just one more thing that I'm up too late. What do you think is going to be the difference maker for you gaining more sleep? Nah, it's just discipline. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. Maybe cutting off your phone at a certain time, yeah. telling yourself. Well, last night, like, uh, I powered through a little extra reading. Mm. And I was like, my lids were heavy. Should have just gone to bed. Yeah. But, like I said, that's a discipline thing of sleep over a couple extra chapters Mm -hmm. that I won't retain as well anyway. So why not just go to bed? Mm -hmm. It's weird. It's weird. Like, I see it. I I live it. I'm like, I'm getting better. Like, I am getting better. But, because I need at least seven, eight on one of those. Mm -hmm. And Joe Rogan has an interesting... Uh, podcast with a, a sleep doctor. Let me look hmm. him up now that I brought it up real quick. We'll get back to this. Yeah, no, I remember while you look up that I just remember in college those late late study nights where I had a test the next day. It was always a gray line or a gray area. Matthew Walker. Matthew, sorry, uh, okay. sorry to interrupt you. I okay. know we brought that up. The Matthew other day. Walker, Joe Rogan, Book Talk, Sleep Doctor. I think okay. I might have listened to that episode part eleven oh nine. Okay, go back and listen to that. Right, but so yeah, it's continue. always a tough question to ask. Uh, going back to your reading point right before bed or studying if you're in a college student's perspective, how much is extra studying get a benefit to my memory with this stuff versus if I just went to bed earlier and gave my brain a little more rest and just look look at more in the morning? Because so I feel like it's more effective to you got to ask yourself, I mean people have their own study styles and where they learn best at, but I don't think it hurts to cut off a little early and just review a little extra early in the morning so you get and here's how two extra doses of information repetitive information and it took me until my senior year and way too much studying throughout some of my college years to realize this but if I didn't know it by then and I was in that situation I might as well just go hang out with friends because like if I don't know it by then that's not going to help me Mm -hmm. like I know some will disagree but it's just leading up to that I should have been better about keeping on all that. Mm-hmm. 
uh, or more practice problems, whatever it might have been, or start that six-page paper a week before, not two days. Yeah, it's so easy to though. With and it's like <laughs> it's so I, easy to do that. Just staying more on it, I would have avoided a lot of those. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but at this point, I'm gonna lose sleep over it. Like, it's not a bad grade till it's graded. <laughs> um. Yeah. I'll put in a few hard, hard hours, review it, get it to memory, call it a day. Mm-hmm. But that was just me. And that was also senior year. I was like, man, I'm done. <laughs> I got a job. I'm done. Actually, no, I didn't. That's false. But, it, I mean, it's a, it's a unique time because, I mean, college is a very memorable, memorable experience, unique four years that you're, you're not going to live again. You might li- live again in some capacity based on whatever, but college is college. Like yeah. you gotta gotta keep it in a perspective, and it's important to live in the moment because you're preparing for the future. You're doing what's necessary to set you up for success, but it's also good to cherish the present moment and just be thankful that you have this at this time and know where to draw the line. Right. But I know where you're. <laughs> I know where you're coming from for sure. Right. So. Right. But. Uh, yeah, sleep, exercise, healthy eating. I uh, too. So I was I was thinking about this uh, last couple of days. So we talk to a lot of people, face to face interaction every day. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of that. And even when I had a a desk job. And it was just emails and phones, and you had face-to-face with people in the building or your department, whatever it was. Even then, I thought the most important thing with my communication to be able to get everything done, even if I needed someone else to do it because I didn't know their job, I wasn't in a department, I didn't have access to something in my communication to get everything I want done and to basically kind of have people want to help me to a degree it was all based on delivery Mm -hmm. my delivery of what I was saying even in an email because those are easy to misread so that was one thing that uh, and I took a few things well I took a lot of things but just related to this specific from how to win friends and influence people about that kind of communication of so for example in an email if I wanted someone to send me something uh, that I knew they would have quick access to I would be like hey uh, say I didn't know him. my name's so and so I'm in AR um, I was wondering if you might be able to help me with this I know you probably have a, a busy plate uh, if you just get like a quick minute here or there, no rush. Uh, I'd really appreciate if you wouldn't mind looking this up for me and maybe shooting it my way, if you could. And more times than not, maybe in an hour or so, but same day. Hey, yeah, no problem. Here it is. It's attached. Hope you have a good day, man. Uh, just like that. Mm. Or, uh, Tim. Uh, my name is Colin. I'm an AR. I have um, I have a tenant that they're arguing this. 
and I need this today. Please attach. There's a big difference. Yeah, I noticed in the first one, you're talking with them. In the second one, you're talking to them. But it's it's also like, you know, put it, hey, acknowledge their day. Their day is not your work. Mm-hmm. Getting your stuff done is not their job. Um, so if you need something from them, like, you need to acknowledge their time. Like, respect that. And also, yes, deliver. It's like, don't talk at someone. Ask. So, for if you're gonna give, <clears throat> if you're gonna give advice to someone who's writing an email like this, what are some specific terminology things they can say in an email? Yeah, that can maybe warrant a more friendly communication style coming off of your end. Any okay. phrases or words? Absolutely. And some are still from Dale Carnegie, so not all these are just for me. But Tim, my name's Colin. And I'm in council receivables. I have a tenant arguing this, and uh, I think I might need this. This is not my area of expertise, and I understand you probably have a, a lot on your plate right now. Mm-hmm. If you might have a free moment at some point today to maybe take a quick look and maybe send me this if you think that would be helpful with this argument I would really appreciate appreciate that a lot um, let me know if there's anything I can do to assist nice I like that so that's like that's very different and that's more effort but that's really all it is yeah a little more effort saves you headaches and arguments with people that you should be on the same team with in the long run and just saves you a lot of time and energy too. Yeah, and like I think use a little positive energy to put a little more effort and substance. Like give it some real meat and potatoes, like you know. But respect that person too, because mm-hmm. why? Why would they want to help you if you're just going to demand or give orders or talk down or at them? Mm-hmm. Like that's going to be the last thing you do. Right. I only know because I did it when I had that kind of job. Mm-hmm. Like, if the way you talk to me is just, like, complete disrespectful and the fact is that, like, you think that's okay, I'm not going to do anything until I have nothing left to do, which is never. Shove it. Mm -hmm. Now, that's bitter. I could have been a lot better in those times, you know. Like, now, I probably wouldn't do that. Like, I would want to. I'd maybe get up, take a walk. But I still, when I can, and it's, dude, it's really hard. I've been practicing, like, try to kill with kindness. Mm-hmm. Like, eventually, maybe, even if they don't, maybe they'll be like, man, I fucked up. Like, they were super nice. That was on me. I was kind of an asshole. Yeah. And more times than not, they probably won't. But that's okay, because you know you did good things. Mm-hmm. You didn't, you weren't a scumbag and get down with them and start trying to just brawl it out instead of just you know time and energy small right. stuff let the small stuff go mm-hmm. I like that another chapter is that from that was what's it gonna mean five ten years from now oh, I love that 
That's awesome. And go, going back to what I was asking about communicating with people, like in an email setting, I think, and like when you approach people, the more you make it about them and the less you make it about you, the more likely they're going to be to helping you. Like with, with emails, I always start out most emails saying, hope you're having a good day. Or make make the first thing I say about them, because I don't because I think that's what like makes it welcoming to them. And people love to read. Like if pe- people are more likely to have a positive perception of an email they're reading if the first thing they read about in the email is about them. Because that's why I like to say as well as like, hey, Susie or whatever. <laughs> that's someone I emailed today. Uh, hey, Susie. Hope you're having a good day so Shout far. Out to Susie. And then people also love to help too. So. If I'm asking, I said, hoping you can help me out with something, because people love people love to feel empowered. And that to me sounds intriguing. Like, yeah, hoping you can help me out with something. Like, ooh, what do we got here? Yeah, because people people lo- we talk about making people feel important, and Marquise talked about empowering people. Yeah. If you with cold calls, I do this too. With emails, with cold calls, when I'm talking to someone, meeting someone for the first time, if I start out by saying, "Hope you can help me out with something," that's when they kind of perk up a little bit because they love. People love to be productive and help people out. You don't want to be pushing, be like, oh, help me, help me. But right. if you're polite about it, be like, oh, hope you're having a good day. Um, hope you can help, with that, help me out with something. And then ask. They're going to be so much more likely to want to help you just by phrasing a few different things and making it more about them and less about you. And I would even add, like, you know, you exchange a couple emails depending on the person. You can kind of pick up the vibe. Right. I've even thrown out, like, a... Hey, I really owe you one. If you ever need anything, let me know. Mm-hmm. Like, acknowledge that they helped you, and they'll be like, oh, no worries at all. But they still have that to play. Yep. They know that, you know that. Mm-hmm. But they hooked you up. I mean, offer it. Just, and then they will, even if they never bank on it, just at least they see that you acknowledge, like, Hey, you hooked me up. Like, if you ever need anything, let me know. Yeah, I love that. Like, obviously, keep you got, it all, you got keep it all offer legal. That. But like, I'd be like, hey, I really owe you one. Yeah. Or like, if I saw him in passing, I'd be like, hey, even if I sent my thank you, I really appreciate you email. Like, people like being appreciated. Mm-hmm. I I use that word a lot. Like, hey, I really appreciate you, or I appreciate you. Uh, it's just like it's different than I appreciate that. It's just really different. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so small so I would change that too but even after I sent like that thank you email say they're on the same floor and you know a lot of times I would run into people or you recognize people I would even say hey th- thanks again for sending me XYZ like even do the follow up in person if you pass them in the office or the building like if you kind of know them and they kind of know you even. And if, if it's a little awkward, who cares? But just be like, hey, you're so-and-so, right? Yeah, yeah hey, uh, you sent me this and that. Hey, I really appreciate that. Thanks for doing that. Thanks again. That's going to make anyone's day. Mm-hmm. No matter what's going on, it's oh, going to make sure. their day. For sure. I, and it's just, and not to use this selfishly, but it will make them want to help you in the future. Mm-hmm. And now they know they can actually reach out to you for something. Yep. That's a very Com- key comfortable point. Comfortable. Mm-hmm. And feel okay about it, too. Because, you know, people don't really want to call on a favor, this or that sometimes. Well, some people do, you know. But 
it's like that makes them more comfortable with you as a person and now you just made it like oh yeah they're just they're other real people mm-hmm. and it just it simplifies again and that it, it's it's just it's a game of building rapport with people how it's, many times do we say people win the game yeah if you're good with people because you win the game I look at I look at it I kind of I try to compare it to a bank account because you're always making investments in your bank account. They're people, Tim. <laughs> you're always making investments in your in your bank account. Yeah. But look at your relationship with someone as like a trust bank account or a rapport bank account. Same type of thing. And whenever you say thank you to someone, whenever you're polite to someone, whenever you do anything that makes someone's life easier or makes someone else feel important, you're investing into that account that you have with someone. That's kind of how. I can't remember where Ooh. I read that. I read that somewhere, but that goes I, I with think trust. You've told me that before. Someone has, but I love that. I've yeah. always loved like the bank account reference. Right, because that's that's what trust. Because like, trust goes in like a matter of seconds, but it takes years of investing to, oh, to yeah. build that trust. And that's with trust. That's with rapport. That's with any type of friendship or working relationship that you're trying to build. Your personal bank. You got to feed your personal bank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't can't make withdrawals if you have, don't have any money exactly and it's in today's like corporate setting too most of, a lot of the communication that I myself do at least with a lot of people within my company because I'm a salesperson on the road is through email like I, I it's good to have phone calls but most people in today's society in the corporate world they communicate over email with corporate companies like Johnson Johnson they got 200 locations over over the world so a lot of people you work with are going to be over email but like if you ever have an opportunity to talk to that person talk with them either in person or if you're on a phone call that's that's an opportunity for you to thank them or communicate with them in a different way than you have been through email like for example the inside sales coordinators at wildman they're the ladies that work at the warsaw office and they work on the computer because they they generate new invoices for us they generate the sales report any type of like paper or report that we need either to set up a new account or anything that improves our relationship with a current customer they generate it for us like they generate invoices for us they generate things that we need that we can't have access to and it makes our relationship when we gain a new customer so much easier because they're there to help they're called inside sales coordinators Bottom line is, I'm always communicating with these ladies like over email, because they're all the way up in Warsaw. I'm down here, and I go up to Wor- the Warsaw office like once a month for meetings. So if I'm, pa- I-, I try to make it a point to pass back through there and talk to them in person, because it really does elevate your level of trust and communication with someone if you go out of your way to talk to them through a different medium than you normally talk to them to. And I think that's important in today's corporate environment, because. A lot of times people people communicate differently, but we're always communicating through computers in today's corporate setting. So just extending that your type of communication channels with them when you have an opportunity is important. I just wanted to add that in there. Yeah, but, no, that, that's good. Um, with you, it's different because you're in an office setting where you're, most of your, your connections with people are face-to-face. Right. Like you don't have people working it's, remotely. It's all face-to-face, yeah. So it's... But, Depending on the type of work setting you have, I think a, a lot of people are in a corporate setting where they're but like, emailing with people. What, what you do is it's different. And the reason I say that it's still different for you is because you, even though you're not in Warsaw all the time, 
when you are there, you still make it a conscious point and effort to still go see those internal sales uh, people that really help you behind the scenes and thank them in person, even if you've already thanked them over the phone or an email. Like, that's doing more than still a lot of people. That's just a different kind of effort. And they see that, and that's probably really appreciated. And so they're going to enjoy helping you now. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to want to help you. And that's how that relationship happens. Mm-hmm. Is you doing the little bit of extra, respecting their time and their role. So now when you do ask for help, uh, they will want and likely enjoy it when they are able to hook you up. Because you built that that good rapport. Exactly. Yeah, these, these people mean a lot to me. I mean, they... Uh... Saying thank you over the phone is one thing. Saying thank you when they can see me and see the smile on my face. When I say thank you, you got to add in the nonverbal communication as well. And it's it, like I said before, it's just an extra added depth to your relationship with them. And going back to the the seven to ten touches thing, it's just another touch. It's just another it's another interaction you can have with someone and putting in effort to just go over there and say hi. Like even though it's really not that much incremental effort. It just goes a long way to someone. I think when you do that, people have, people have done that to me too. I'm not I'm not calling my, like saying I'm a saint or anything, right? Other, I'm not, like other people still do that in my company, and when other when I see other people do stuff like that, it motivates me to do like a pay it, pay it forward type of thing. Yeah, because I hope that like when you do that, it inspires people to do the same for other people, and that's how you kind of that's how the the culture of a company low key improves. It's just people witnessing other people doing stuff like that. So Right. And it's you know, in in the office I work at, since we're all always seeing each other and interacting, because it's like I need to, like I'm our rehab therapist, those are the docs, I need to communicate with them all the time with about patients too. And it's awesome though that we are all on the same playing field like ego stays at the door and if it's me even asking hey dr owens would you mind uh, just taking those cups off i'm while i'm still finishing up here like yeah absolutely and we'll we'll just like yes sir and you know in in front of some we might be like brother you know but uh make a doc or sir like we have a lot of appreciation and respect that is very verbal and in action too which is why another reason I really love being there is we have that good relationship and it's like we all take out the trash you know sometimes it's funny sometimes all three of us me and both my docs will each get a bag and just make a a funny just charade out of it just like walking to the big dumpster and walking back and goofing off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's it, man. And it's like, now we're, we're like family. But there is still that respect, like, they're the doctor. like, And I don't know, it just, it's really something kind of like a unicorn position that, 
yes, I communicate with people a lot every day. And even if it's appreciation or not, if it's just interacting with patients, like there's a lot of like different communication styles that I have. Um, it just depends on, on the patient and how we interact. And it, it's different every single time. And so that also challenges me every time we get a new patient that I've never interacted before. So it's, I almost take it as a game of like, okay, I know this person's in pain. Let's see how receptive I can make them be to me so I can maybe joke with them a little and get them not thinking about the pain. So it's uh, dude, art of communication. I nerd out on that shit. I love it. Um, but it's just, it's so important uh, what you say and how you say it and your delivery. Mm-hmm. Like if it would be different if you talked to your internal salespeople, hey, thanks. But you had a smile. Hey, I really appreciate when you sent that over. Like, thanks for hooking me up. I appreciate that. Like that's delivery, a little bit of extra effort. I love that. And you hit on it. It's it's what you communicate and how you communicate. And you hit on the how. I mean, and I, I want to touch a little bit on the what. So I want everyone to remember what I'm about to say. It's conversational bridge backs. So I want to kind of define what that is. It's like the one, one to three things that every person just loves to talk about. Like, they could talk hours and hours about it. It's it's their favorite thing to talk about. It could be their cat. It could be th- their newborn baby. It could be because everyone also has cats now. It could it could be their intramural league that they dominate every Tuesday. Find the one to three things. Tim, you play ball. <laughs> Find the one to three things that every person just could talk about anything with. And I think one thing that you could practice, and one thing that I can put into practice more is. Like it's okay to keep names of people in your phone. I do too when I meet someone for the first time, and even names of the people that you see on a daily basis. And under each person, put one to three bullet points. Name the three things they just love to talk about. And one thing, it's good to go back and just review these things. But I think conversational bridgebacks are so key that you can bring up one of those three things when you talk to someone, and like touch back on them because people just love to talk about it. And I think it's. It's one thing that can spur up any conversation no matter who you run into because the more you talk to someone, the, the more you, you figure out what, what they like and don't like. And I think ha- one thing that you can do to kind of really strengthen the relationships you do have with people currently is hit on that what. So the, the conversational bridge, bridge back that people love to talk about. So That's wild. Mm-hmm. It's like your own little uh, customer note. Just for everyone, just their favorite things. And it's like, if I'm ever stuck, these three. Exactly. Exactly. So. And everyone loves talking about what they want to talk about. Yeah. And it's usually like... Themselves or... Their kids or grandkids. Yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. What what are like your three things you love talking about the most? Me, myself? Yeah. I mean, if someone were to come up to me and talk to me and they haven't seen me for a week or two and they were trying to think of something to bring up with me, I think obviously people, all, or from my experience, a lot of people ask about the podcast. Okay. It's something that 
we're really passionate about and yeah. we talk you and I talk about to our audience no. and with each other hours on hours and weeks. So people people often ask about that. People also ask about uh, <laughs> basketball. They're they're asking they're asking about I was, I was about to you, say I'll say one playing, for you. Or they ask about what book I'm reading, honestly. Really? Yeah. Because okay. I, I have a lot of I, I post a lot of my story about things I'm reading, and it's I make it well known on my social media that I love to read. So people people ask about that and the notes I send out to people on the books I read. It's the one thing I like I liked to do in college a lot is. I mean, there's services out there that do this, but a lot of people just don't have time to read because it's I mean it's I mean you do, but there's a lot of stuff going on in our days. It's, it's tough to fit in reading at certain times, and I always love to send out notes of the books I've read to people so they could get the information but not put in the time to read because I love to just get people that type of stuff. So people know, like just people who I developed relationships with in college know that. That's so they, they usually ask about the podcast. Or I got reading. I got one in college from you. Which one? You it was remember? the GNSL notebook. Oh yeah, yeah, the GNSL notebook. Yeah, yeah, the key takeaways, key takeaways from all the books. But that's funny because I take notes on all the books I read, like the strongest pieces from that chapter, mm-hmm. every one. Because yeah, I'll like to go back and reference mm-hmm. certain things, and we've talked about creating a a good booklet of these things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and I think that would be sweet, like having a book of notes yeah. like so you can see what books like okay i want to go to this book and talk about this you can just do that yeah and document those key elements from those books into your life your life story you can write them out yeah Practice don't have down. to read the rest of the book yeah we'd have to figure out a format how to format that to like get specific with things mm-hmm. but it's like okay it can't be too specific because for a mass audience. Yeah. Or just the strongest points. That'd be very subjective, but yeah. And I think it's I mean it's just important for people in general to take notes on the books they read cuz in that Brain Rules book by John Medina, he talks about the key elements of memory and the key elements of retaining information that you read and it's a known fact to most people that when you read a book one time and if you never look at it again, you're not going to remember nearly as much is if you highlighted the important parts and go back and periodically revise them instead of going back and reading once. That's yeah. how you retain information. Yeah, so. I'm a big highlighter and pen guy in my books. Yeah. You have to continue to revisit. So you do, it's important that first time you read it, like you said, highlight. I haven't marked up your book though. Don't worry. <laughs> well, uh, let's get into book talk. Since we're already talking about it, uh-huh. um, so speaking of not messing up your book, don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, lower your tolerance to stress, and this one, uh, we're most of us. The way we deal with stress is to increase our tolerance for it. We don't mitigate stress. We find a way to take on more stress. Okay. And uh, when things feel like schedule, job, like when all that stuff gets out of hand, it's time, like, you need to reel it back in. And you need to lower your tolerance to stress if you want to lower your, your actual stress. So any, like, whatever is the most stressful to you, 
is it really necessary in your life or is it one of the small things that it's like this is just a bunch of bull like I don't need this you know or whatever or whoever it is it might be a hard habit at first but you can't keep that kind of stuff around you're literally going to kill yourself by taking on more stress and more stress and if you can never relax yourself yeah, you're going to kill yourself young. So it's whatever those big stressors, you need to really hone in on those and see which ones you need to keep on or get rid of. So how would one go about getting rid of it? What, I mean, what does that look like to you? What's a good way of doing that? Or a good way of framing it, I guess. That's a really good question, Tim. Yeah, I would say, I mean, first you gotta just understand why you're feeling it in the first place. You'd think, right? Like, what's causing it? Yeah, I mean, get the thing behind the thing. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, you know, there's insecurities behind the thing. But if it's other people just, oh, so-and-so said this, or they didn't invite me to this, don't deal with that. Like and it's it's hard at first to to do, but deep down we all know the types of people that are, you know, the ones you need to surround yourself with and the ones that you might be cool with and it's just like, Man, but I I'm living a different life here. Like I'm not like trying to not be friends with someone, it's just it's a different road. Or I mean, shit. Sometimes if you're in a relationship where it's just like one thing after another, another, where it's like more stressful than anything, it's like that's not healthy for anyone. Mm -hmm. So I know those are extremes, but uh, those are the quickest I could think of. Mm -hmm. I like that. Or it's like what other little dramas are going on in your life that it's like eating away at you. It's like, is this really a big deal for me to lose this kind of energy over and be super stressed out about? And to some people that's super different. It could be you got cut off when you were driving to work. Even that small will stress someone out until they get to work. Then they'll talk about it. So much stress already at the very beginning of your day. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I, I like that. Um, so you just need to lower the tolerance. Yeah. And that's just accepting and disciplining yourself to do that. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of the way you look at it because there's two separate things. Like if you look at some dumb thing that happened to you that caused you stress find the cause of your stressor and you got to be able to differentiate and discern what about this stressor can't i control and then what about this stressor can i control and i think all the negative shit that comes with it is usually stuff that you can't control so i think the first step is when you feel stress understand and be like it's okay to feel the stress because of what's happened. I mean, it's something shitty happened. The uncontrollables happened. The stuff yeah. that I that wasn't my fault. 
or maybe it was. But bottom line, the, the negative stuff that happens to you, you can, you a lot of times you can't control it. But you gotta talk about what you can control and be like, what can I do? What can I can what can I control in this situation that's gonna help me be a better person and be happier in the steps ahead? So I think it's just discerning the two of the things you can and can't control. So I like that a lot because I used to be someone who used to worry a lot mm-hmm. about things that were always out of my control. Right. Starting when I was little, starting my basketball career and complaining about what the refs would call can't control what they're going to do control how you play but I went a long long time always worrying about things that I couldn't control every once in a while I still catch myself doing that or getting angry about something or someone that I can't control and it's hard. It's still really hard. I've gotten a lot better, but it's one of those things where once you kind of realize you're doing it, then you can start catching yourself a little more. And then you can be like, okay, that was stupid. Like, this is just ridiculous. Why is this driving my worst emotions for the day? Why am I letting that be the thing that causes it? But, yeah, what you can't control. How can you do better? Just be better. I would just be grateful for the opportunity that... Grateful for the opportunity that I ha- I can change my future outcome. Yeah. Like, I have the resources to change my future in a positive way. I mean, I think it's, it's a great... It all goes back to gratitude, I think. Like, at least, at least you have a... At least you're healthy enough to wake up every day and well, if control, you're great, control the, the courses of your day. If you're grateful, you're happy. Yeah. You can't be in a state of happiness if you're not in a state of true gratitude. Mm-hmm. Like there are days when it, like a ton of snow or ice, freezing rain, and it's like, man, I'm really happy I have heat in my truck. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And I have a truck. That's pretty cool. I love that thing. Mm-hmm. It's stuff, but it's fun. Exactly. Like just that alone. I'm like, man, check yourself, man. Yeah. Because I, I still do it quite a bit. But it's starting the habit of checking yourself. I'm like, all right, let's bring it back down. That's some small shit. We don't need it. Yeah. Move on to the next. And, but once you get there, once you can start that practice, it gets a lot easier. Even on things that might seem on a grander scale to some people, it's like it's causing me the same stress as before. Time to reprioritize. Yeah. So it's just getting in that habit of, okay, where's my priority and what do I really need to focus and put energy on? Or is this, are there distractions and just noise? Get rid of the noise. I like what you said about energy. Dude, I'm all about, about, I'm all about energy. Yeah, I'm all about good energy. Why would you focus your energy on worrying about it and and generating, using your energy to generate negative emotions? Look, I've, I've told you when I was in high school, when I got hurt real bad by a teammate, 
and I was angry for a really long time. Like I'd, you know, we saw our family kind of chiropractor, been with us a long time. She's the one who found my dairy allergy, very holistic healing. She's a stud. So I hope we can talk to her this weekend. Mm. Not to spoil anything, but we might be going somewhere. And uh, she kind of helped me with that too. It was just, I was so angry that it happened to me. And that's when I was like, why'd this happen to me? And because the dude was going for the hit that he got. And he got plus a, a lot after that. So he, uh, just to give a quick t- context, took a good elbow to the to the face in high school uh, during a basketball practice. Uh, I'll just, got to be honest, I was playing really just tight, tight defense. <laughs> and good elbow, knocked out, whiplash, concussed. Uh, destroy the soft tissue in my nose, et cetera, et cetera. Woke up. Gushing blood is like in the movie. And it's bad. That's the first thing I thought. I was like, man, that's like a movie, just spitting on the floor, just all blood. Didn't feel good, though. But if you're going to have that much, you might as well get knocked out because then you don't feel it. <laughs> I guess that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, right. Yeah, so my doc helped me with that. And it's just when I wasn't angry anymore, when I was like, I just got to forgive it all and let it go. Um, I felt so much better. Like, it was just, I was like, oh, man, it was just a heavy load. Like, so much energy and focus on being angry all the time. It's exhausting. It is really, really exhausting. And now when, and it's taken a long time, but when I'm able to realize, like, okay, I don't need that. I shouldn't be putting so much towards that when it's giving me X. It's time to reprioritize. And it's still really hard sometimes. But when you start to catch yourself and you just start little by little, it gets a little easier. Then it's like, all right, that's too much stress. That's too much bad energy not where I want my good vibes to get lost in. Time to refocus and redirect. And you're like, wow, I'm kind of cruising right now. Like, I feel pretty good. Like, you'll get this and that pop up. And, you know, some things you do have to worry about and put a lot of energy towards. Um, and maybe it's to fix whatever. Uh, maybe it's something in a business you're putting out some type of fire or like, you know, you need to put energy towards that and that'll be exhausting, but that's different. That's playing for a different long-term win. But the, the noise is is what I'm really focused on is just the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if someone, I've had this before, um, run into someone Oh, let's catch up. All right, cool. Reach out one week. Oh, man, I'm busy. Uh, try me next week. Reach out next week. Um, hey, man, I'm I'm really swamped still. Uh, well, let's shoot for another time. There's no hard feelings at all. Like, I, everyone is super busy. Like, everyone's got a lot going on. And I'm just like, all right, that's cool. Uh, when you're able, uh, let me know. 
and then we'll like I'm pretty flexible. So let me know a good time when you're not as as swamped. And that's it. And then it's like you accept it as that. There's no anger, there's no resentment, you don't, you know, no grudge. Like why? What's the point of that? Like keep your your good energy and like all right, they're just busy. They'll reach out if they want to catch up. That's fine. And go keep going your direction. Keep steady your course. Mm-hmm. It's just small things like that. I I think get a lot of people. But yeah, I think energy is not. I think it's overlooked. And sometimes, like good energy is like woo woo stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck are you guys talking about energy for? Like, what? You know? Yeah. And, and but I tell you what, if if you've ever been angry for an extended period of time, and you finally like let it go, it's it's different. It's a different uh, different feeling. Dedicate the energy towards the positive thoughts and the next actions to take in your day. It's kind of, kind of, kind of how I see it. And next time, like, here's what I want I want to try is if you're going to – the next time you get mad about some small shit that happened in your day, think about think about the names and the faces and the people of – everybody in your life that's closest to you and that you love, the top ten people in your life. Next time you're mad, think about – your parents, think about your brothers and sisters, think about your girlfriend, think about your wife, think about your kids, think about your grandparents, think about those people who have loved you ever since you were you came onto this earth, no matter how well you did at your job, uh, no matter how well you did in your presentation today, uh, no matter how shitty you feel today, like there are, there, there's gotta be at least one person in your life that still loves you for who you are. So I think it's all about perspective, gratefulness, and that's kind of what I do too, because like there there are days out there where like, like, damn, I suck today. I didn't I didn't I didn't get any leads. I didn't get any presentations. I didn't make any sales. But like, at the end of the day, like I got people in my life who are gonna still love me, even though I didn't do that well today. So, I love you, Tim. I love you too, Slager. Real talk. Real tea. Remember when people used to say real tea? That's like, that, real tea. Like instead of real talk. Did anyone ever I've do that in your high school? Say, I've never heard anyone say yeah. that. Yeah. It must be a Chicago. It must have been. It must be a region thing. Well, no, I went to high school in Chicago, though. must be a Chicago thing. <laughs> I never heard that. That's funny, though. And it's like... Will it be on Urban Dictionary? It's. I hope not, because it's the same amount of syllables. Mm. Yeah. It's the same effort. Real tea. <laughs> okay, real yeah. talk. At that point, it's a waste. It's the same thing. Yeah. <clears throat> what? You want to fuck over three letters for what? <laughs> Just say talk. Yeah. It's real talk. Anyway, uh, so good book talk on don't sweat the small stuff. Uh-huh. I know you got something. You always got something for this book talk. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've actually a lot of what I've talked about today has kind of been incorporating some book book talk, but. I did want to say something. I just did want to list a quick acronym specifically from this book called The Like Switch, written by Jack Schaefer. Did you say like switch? Like switch. So where the name comes from is 
it's to the, the goal of the book is to help you increase your likability factor, uh, whether that's in regular conversation with a best friend, a girlfriend, someone you've met for the first time. So it's kind of applicable to all social interactions. You want to be able to people just you want to be able to flip on your like switch. You know what I'm saying? Like in conversation. And Jack Schaefer, the author, he was an ex FBI employee, and his job was to interrogate prospects. So a lot of times, these people just hate everybody when they come in. They don't, they don't want to talk to anybody. Uh, and his job was to, was to kind of loosen them up, develop the rapport, do the groundwork to establish the trust within the person. So he decided to write a book to reflect on his experiences with that. And I thought it was pretty cool. And he talks about uh, something, what he calls the language of friendship. And it's four rules that you can incorporate into, the, into your conversations with people that are going to make them instantly like you or have a positive interaction with you. And I know we talk about that a lot on the show, but I think it's important to kind of look at it from different angles because people remember stuff and learn stuff in different ways. So I think this was really interesting what he talked about. So the four rules, it's an acronym LOVE, so L-O-V-E. Uh, the rule, rule one is LISTEN. Rule two is observe, rule three is vocalize, and rule, rule four is empathize. You have to listen, the L, but observe is more important, I feel like, because people's body language when they say something is more important than what they're actually saying, I feel like, because you really learn what people are saying, so observe, I think, is key in that one. And then vocalize, I think when you're talking in conversation, one thing that's overlooked is your tone of voice when you're talking to someone. Uh like really getting into what what you're saying and the art of communication when you're talking about that. Not just sounding monotone, but really like having passion in your voice about something, like changing your tone of voice to create excitement about something you're saying. So I think obviously two spectrums there, like the listening aspect and the talking aspect. Really pay attention to your tone of voice when you're talking to someone. Like long, drawn-out words or being quick with something or brushing over something. Like when you're making an important point, make sure you really emphasize it with, with your tone of voice. Um, and yeah, and then rule four is like empathize. So at the end of the day, like the person you're talking to wants to know that they're understood by you. So empathize and, and ask questions back to them that make it known to them that you knew what they, what, what they said. So empathic questions that start with like, so you blank. Oh, so you had a good day. Oh, so I'm sure that really bothered you. Empathic questions. Ask questions back to them to let them know that you listen to them. So I want to talk about that book more in the future, but that was just something that stuck out to me is that, that love acronym. Uh, and, and I think something super key is with all these things, it matters so much the way you do them, mm-hmm. how you do them. We've been talking this episode, how you do things, your delivery. How do you listen? Are you listening to make sure you have something good to say back or... Are you listening to maybe not speak at all mm-hmm. and let them just talk to you? How do you observe? Are you observing like, keep eye contact, keep eye contact, keep eye contact? No. Uh, I'm looking at, oh, I thought you were asking. No, I'm saying like, <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I don't care about you. Um, how are you observing? Yeah. Are you observing, I mean, hand gestures around the room, like the kind of, what are the feels you're getting? How are they Eyebrows. talking? Yeah, where are they looking? Are they looking everywhere else, or are they keeping 
in good contact with you? How are they observing and listening? Mm-hmm. How you vocalize? We talked a lot about that uh, today as well. How are you vocalizing? What's your delivery like? How are you empathizing? Is it going through the motions? Or are you really putting genuine empathy into that? Yeah. So I think there's another level of how are you doing all those things? How much care? Even like at your job, how well are you taking out the trash? You just toss it around, maybe miss a few pieces, throw it in the back, call it a day. Or do you get it ready to go so when you take it to a big dumpster or you take it outside, it's easy for whoever does that. Mm-hmm. How are you doing those things? Yeah, how you do it. And why, too. The why is important, too. Always have to have a why. Yeah. No, I like that. That's good. I, I like that piggyback. Because you, you can do one thing, but just in the way you do it, in the way you portray it, how you do it. Like, if you're like, man, I got to mop this floor again today. How are you going to mop? We're going to make it look really good. So we're going to walk in here like, hmm, damn, it looks good in here. We're going to leave, eh, it's good enough. How do you want to do it? How do you want people to see how you do it? Next time I take out the trash, I'm going to focus on how I do it. I'm going to flex my triceps while I'm taking out the trash. <laughs> so, I, so, I, so I can get a quick tricep workout in. It's the Fuck how. Off. It's the how. <laughs> that trash can reference, I'm just stuck on the... <laughs> no, that's Dude, so, so this is funny. Stuff like that, make it a game. One of my docs and I... So we're usually done before my like actual boss, who's like the actual owner... But the other doc and I will usually run trash together and we'll wipe down tables together and we'll just kind of get the place ready to close. So when we're all done and everyone's gone, there's not much left to do. And so there in the bathroom, there's this big rounded uh, trash can. And it's, I don't know, probably a foot and change tall and half a foot wide but it slides really well across the type of flooring we have so when we empty that one after we put that in the bigger bag of trash to put in our can outside uh, we take turns bowling so the way the bathroom is laid out if you just walk straight into it toilet uh, on the right it's facing you so you turn your back to it to sit uh, so when you're still looking at that, left is the sink, and then right under there is a single pipe, goes into the wall, dips down, goes into the wall like an L, and then there's a corner of the wall. And uh, so this nice little right angle corner, but then there's this pipe. And when you just shove the trash can there, it fits perfectly in between all of it. So we try to see who can bowl it the closest in that perfect crevice without hitting anything don't hit the pipe from the Bowling sink the trash can yeah okay so like it doesn't like roll like it slides across it's upright it okay. is upright and it's slides across while it's upright. yeah so <laughs> i mean we've, we've how long is the slide uh it's probably eight feet oh 
damn, yeah. Six, six to eight feet. That's a game, yeah. And, like no, definitely, definitely at least eight. Okay. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to get a I mean, we've point. made curling jokes with it, too. Like, <laughs> sweep, sweep. Um, so, curling, bowling, whatever you want, shuffleboard, however you want to reference it. We do that to see who can get the closest. And so it's just, it's, it's a game. Like, all we did was take the trash out, but now it's, we get competitive, and it's funny, and we're just hanging out while we take trash. And then it's like, man, I enjoy taking trash with you, man. Yeah. Yeah, that takes it to a whole other level. I'd look forward to doing the trash. Now. And like, I told, I told my boss, and he was dying laughing. And I'm like, yeah, so we just see who can get closest, and we get the nice bowler's leg. We get style points, too. So how do you do things? Don't resent the small stuff either. Don't have resentment. Like doing that keeps me humble too. Like I'm never going to be too good enough to take out trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that frame of mind. Put that into practice, people. Make the small mundane tasks fun and competitive for yourself and others. Never too good to take out the trash. My dad always told me that. You was... made it in the first place. <laughs> Right, my dad always told me there was a story of the uh, uh, like founder of McDonald's. One time went into one, checked out how the bathroom was, came out, asked the people for a mop and bucket, and that's why he goes, well, I'm going to mop the bathroom. And these people kind of recognized him. Like, they knew who he was, and they were on it quick. But it was just that he didn't tell anyone to go do it all he asked for was a mop and bucket because he was going to go do it. Founder, CEO, whatever it was. One of the two. Don't quote me. But still that high enough level, you would think, man, he doesn't need to do that. But he's not too good to do it. But that should be taught in all schools every single day, that concept. Think how much better the world would be if everyone just knew that by heart. One would hope. I put if I were a teacher, I'd put that on my on the on the top of my door, heading out. I like that. It's good. That's good. That's good. Want to cap off the episode? Are you Dude, good? I'm good. I love it. All right, people. Thanks for tuning in today. We're now on SoundCloud. Search Off the Dome Radio. Get that link out for you guys. Uh, but yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I uh, I loved this one. And uh, I know we had a quick gap there. We had to uh, have a quick separation due to noise and wanted to make sure that we got the best quality for the listeners that we could. So uh, thanks for riding, riding through with us. Hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, we're out.